Okay, so before we get into tonight's episode of America's Hometown Hard, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, and that sponsor today is DB Journey. DB Journey is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB Journey's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB Journey has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote bag. We here at America's Hometown Horror are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, that's P-O-D-1-0, or go to the link in our show notes, DB Journey, it's time to move on and time to get going. And away we go. All right, folks, what's going on? How you doing? Welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike, and I am your host, uh, flying solo today. Hope everyone is having a good Halloween season. And I wanted to record this little introduction uh, for this awesome interview that uh, that I just had a chance to do uh, with Alexandra from a website called HalloweenNewEngland.com. Uh, if you are a fan of Halloween in general or haunted attractions, haunted hayrides, pumpkin patches, pretty much anything Halloween related, this is a website that you need to know about. Uh, she does a fantastic job kind of distilling every Halloween experience in New England into one cohesive website where you're able to search by category, search by zip code. It really is an awesome website, and like I mentioned, if you're a fan of Halloween, this needs to be on your radar. So we talk a lot about uh, her website. A lot of the haunted attractions that she's been through uh, throughout her years, doing the website, and some other really fun stuff as well, and including being turned into a prop that you can actually <laughs> that you can actually see at multiple haunted attractions throughout the uh, the region and also the country. So that was a pretty cool story as well. Uh, super nice, super friendly, and super forthcoming with stories. I really enjoyed talking to uh, to Alexandra from HalloweenNewEngland.com. So uh, stay tuned for that interview. That'll be coming up in just a second. And also just wanted to let you guys know that uh, since we work so hard to bring you horror content all throughout the year, but we are in Halloween season, so we're working a little bit extra hard for you guys. This is our second episode this week, and we're going to be doing another, uh, another two-episode week next week. Uh, we're going to have for you a review of VHS 94, which is the Shutter exclusive. That'll be out on Monday. And then at some point uh, later in the week, we will also have a full review for Halloween Kills, which is out now. So without further ado, here is my interview with Alexandra from HalloweenNewEngland.com. Please enjoy. All right, folks, we have a special one here today, and uh, what I can tell you is that, you know, if you've listened to our show before, you know how big of fans of haunted attractions we are uh, across the country, and more specifically New England, because unfortunately we can't travel around the country as much as we'd like to. Uh, but if you have not heard of a website called Halloween New England, then you need to know about this website. Uh, anything that you want to see related to haunted attractions, Halloween events, in the New England area. This website does just that. And I am lucky enough today uh, to be joined by the person behind Halloween New England, Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time to hop on the show. I know that you are right in the middle of your busy season. So I, <laughs> I do appreciate you taking the time. 
I am happy to do it. Uh, this is definitely the time where there's lots to talk about, you know, rather than just anticipating what's coming down the pipeline this season. But yeah, you know, there's so much happening right now. We are in the thick of it in the middle of October. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I, I, I have to say I am envious of all of the attractions that you go to. I, I, it's awesome that you have the time to be able to do that. I know that, you know, communicating back and forth with you, you've been to a bunch already. So uh, what, what, what are some of the ones that you've been to before uh, so far this season? I know that you and I uh, have both gone to Barrett's Haunted Mansion, right? Yes. Yes. So I kicked off my haunt going this year at Barrett's. Um, <laughs> which was fantastic. Fantastic because their 30th anniversary year, you know, they really just outdid themselves. And as you know, and you've talked about, and anyone who's been there can certainly attest, they always just bring it every year. And this year is just, is super special in terms of the, the level of what they've done. They just outdo themselves. They bring, you know, so much creativity. It always feels fresh. And I don't know how they managed to do a completely new show every year. It just, it's it, it really quite impressive. So, so that was an amazing way to start the season. Although, um, you know, it's no secret. I have a fear of clown one <laughs> who is one of their <laughs> iconic characters. And so I have to admit that I did, you know, I made it through condemned and was able to see everything. And once I made it into the mansion, it was a, a different story. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There were I that first the first actually, room in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the first room, there is a clown one, which again, it it in some ways it doesn't really matter if it's the actual clown one, because there's a point where once I see, you know, the the costume, <laughs> like that's enough. I don't need to look in his eyes to know if it's the is if it's a true one. So um yep. so that was a, a going through the mansion was for me totally terrifying. Um, I went through with my team and they were great. They, I think, had a great time <laughs> watching me try to manage it. Um, but I, you know, I give them so much credit because I, although I have to say, and this is a little known fact, I um, found a Clown One sticker in my car the next morning. So I got into my car in the garage and I look down and I see something on the floor on the passenger side and there's a sticker of clown one on the floor. Now my car was locked. I did not drive there with anyone. (laughs) I don't know how it got in there, but, um, that was not a great way to start my next day. Oh, I I can imagine. That's pretty creepy. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have an explanation for it. I just know that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. And I wow. certainly didn't That's put it there myself. Super weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how awesome was how awesome was condemned this year? I thought that was I mean Beautiful. the house was great at Barrett's, but I actually thought that was the more impressive of the two. They were both awesome, but I just thought that the, the scale of everything they did yeah. and just the detail was incredible. Well, again, because I saw more of con- condemned with my eyes open. Um <laughs> it is. It was it was so detailed. It there was so much care put into it. And I the whole the whole event, the attraction from start to finish was just really, really thoughtfully put together and designed. And one of the things that I loved is just how complete the characters were. I loved the way that they are you, you know, the actors are masked in this haunt, which I really appreciate. Um and that's same in Condemned as well as in the mansion. All the actors were masked. So I shout out to them for continuing to do that I, as, a, as a customer. I really appreciate yep. that. Um, 
and you know, rather than having you know just your generic black mask on, they even incorporated the mask with lots of details so that not only are you, you know, taking that extra measure for the actor's safety as well as the customer's safety, but um, but the masks were became part of the costume. They were, you know, detailed to really integrate with the particular character, which I don't know who's responsible for that, but you know, that was, I really appreciated that. And I thought that was such a nice sure. detail. I, I actually haven't seen that um, to the same degree yet this year at the places I visited. So um, I was hoping to see more of that, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. But I appreciate that they were taking that step and that they did it in such a thoughtful way. I agree. And I, I actually noticed that last year too, when I went to screens mm -hmm. and screams, a lot of the characters that were walking around in, in, in the lot uh, kind of had the same thing going on, which mm -hmm. I think it's just an extra, an extra layer of detail that you throw in there that kind of, you know, gives you a little bit more of that immersion and, you know, makes it feel, you know, takes away the, the, like the, just the, like you said, the generic mask element, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So, and, and honestly, yeah. you know, when you think of, your haunted house experiences before COVID, you know, a big part of that is having, you know, haunt characters in your face, right up against your ear. You know, they might not touch you, but they're, they're right there in your face. You know, they're screaming at you or, you know, blowing on your hair or what have you, you know, maybe you don't have that problem, but I certainly do. And, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, I mean, a, if you have that kind of experience, which many of us have at haunted houses, you know, you don't know what steps the haunts have taken. Here we are in 2021 to be able to adapt their show and the way that their actors are respecting your space so that people can still feel confident going to events, whether they're indoors or outdoors, you know, just to have, you know, a, a little bit more personal space. So, um, you know, again, I, I felt like for me, you know, everybody at Barrett's was so considerate of that, you know, and it didn't take away, you know, having that distance didn't take away from the intensity of the experience in, in any way, shape or form. So I just, I really, really value it when, and, and this goes for anything, even in non-COVID times, I really value it when I go through an attraction and it feels like they've done everything they can for a, like a truly safe experience so that you're not, you know, <laughs> tripping over things, hitting your head, you know, on crawl throughs, like those little things make such a difference. I've been to haunts where, you know, you'll, you'll hear other customers say, oh, the scariest thing about this haunt is, you know, twisting my ankle is <laughs> if I can get out alive and you think, oh, this isn't like, that's not what it should be about is like worrying about the way that you're stepping through a haunt. <laughs> you, know, you should be able to just immerse yourself in the environment. So, you know, for sure. Thankfully, many haunts do take a lot of care, but you know those who kind of go above and beyond, I you know I really value. Awesome. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time at Barrett's, and I I know yeah. I kind of gave uh, a brief introduction of your website, but I'm sure there was a, there was a few things I missed in there. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with Halloween New England, why don't you tell us a little bit about your site, what you guys do, sure. and you know also I wanted to ask you why you know why create Halloween New England? What what drove you to create this website? Yeah, so I started it back in 2013, um, started it solo and have been running it solo until this year. Um, this is the first year that I brought in more people to, you know, to sort of brought in my team. And, you know, it's been an incredible journey. And in the beginning, it, you know, in 2013, it was kind of, I don't actually know if this is the, the time that it really started, but at that time it became quite accessible to be able to start your own website, build your own website. So, you know, those kinds of things 
were a little bit more do-it-yourself, you know, programs available. So I had started the website initially um, with a broader look at all things Halloween and fall in New England. So it was called Halloween New England, but it included daytime corn mazes and daytime hayrides and um, apple orchards, you know, like all the kind of fall activities. And it was just sure. overwhelmingly broad. Um, in year two, I separated it into, you know, daytime activities into a separate website. And then the Halloween website really drilled down on nighttime events and things that were very specifically Halloween if they were during the day. Um, so if you see hayrides, they're nighttime hayrides, you know, haunted hayrides. If you see corn mazes on Halloween New England, you're going to see them, you know, either flashlight corn mazes or haunted corn mazes. Um, and I just, you know, really quick, quickly realized at the beginning that it needed to be more specific and just more related to the Halloween experience, atmosphere. So when you visit Halloween, New England, you see guides broken down by the six New England states. So if you live in New Hampshire, you can visit the New Hampshire guide for haunted houses. So you'll list all of the haunted houses that you can find in the state of New Hampshire. Um, or all the costume stores that are in New Hampshire, all of the haunted hayrides or haunted corn mazes or ghost tours. Um, and then I added Halloween events because, of course, there's many little short-term um, events such as a pumpkin festival. It could be a local pumpkin festival or an outdoor drive-in, you know, Halloween movie night in in Vermont. You know, there are all these little community events as well as larger events that you know, aren't necessarily an attraction that fits under a category like a ghost tour or a haunted hayride. Um, you know, but again, they have the, they're a little bit more, um, you know, short-term events as opposed to seasonal attractions. Like let's say, you know, a haunted hayride might be available the whole month of October. Um, and I started it because, you know, I was trying to find that information myself and, Although it existed, it really felt like I was visiting a million websites to try to find the information that I wanted, and there wasn't enough in one place. And when I would stumble across a website that, you know, was trying to be more of a directory um, that would list all of the events in a particular state, I just found it really challenging to be on that website. The information was, for me, it was really disorganized. It was you know, a lot of like flashing and blinking ads. <laughs> like I just found it really hard to be on the site to find the information I wanted. So for example, if sure. I wanted to find Connecticut events, I wouldn't even find Connecticut events. There'd be all Massachusetts events on there. And I would think, but it's a Connecticut website. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And yet, you know, as a New Englander, we really do look at our whole region as, especially in the fall, as a place to be enjoyed and to savor the season to savor the, you know, the, the, the foliage and the atmosphere and everything that this time of year really offers us, you know, living in this part of the country. And so I, I felt like taking a regional approach was really important and to encourage people to go outside of their own backyard to see what's available. Um, and I know for me, I, you know, I'm a very organized person. So, you know, having a website that was going to organize the information was just first and foremost, the, the whole point of having a website like Halloween New England, I wanted it to be easy for people to find what they wanted and to find it quickly. So um, so that's how it started. And it just continues to 
you know, I'd say once I narrowed my focus in 2014 to just the Halloween and nighttime events, it just really took off from there. So, um, you know, I try to visit as many events as I can during the season. I, you know, start as early as I can. So in a lot of ways, I'm researching these events. I'm confirming, you know, thousands of event dates every year personally. I make sure that everything that goes on there is as accurate as possible. Um, you know, every haunt guide is double checked, you know, to make sure that when the season comes that people aren't being sent to wrong information. Um, and I, you know, I use that not just for everyone else's benefit, you know, I put that up there, but it's for my own. I want to get the most out of the season too. And so in some ways I get first crack at it when I do all that research is being able to plan, you know, where am I going to be? Sure. What's new this year? You know, seeing things, um, you know, the planning of, of a Halloween season, I'm not the only one who wants to do a million things every Halloween season. So I, you know, created a website that allows people to, you know, really fulfill their Halloween dreams in this area and have everything at their fingertips. It's that's awesome. Uh, I mean, such a great idea. I have to, I have to tell you, I am. <laughs> I wish I had thought of it myself because it's such yeah. a good idea. You know, having everything all in one place, mm-hmm. organized, like you said. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I was looking at the website again this morning as I as I often do to try and figure out what I want to do around the mm-hmm. Halloween season and. <laughs> I mean, where else can you go when you can, where you can literally type your zip code in and see where a haunted mm-hmm. hayride, the closest haunted hayride is to you, which is just so, so cool. Yeah. So that's been, that is brand new this year, the zip code option. We have a brand new overhauled website this year and it's, you know, we built it from the ground up over the last 18 months. It shouldn't have taken that long, but here we are <laughs> and sure. it continues to grow. So like next year, there's going to be even more, you know, features that we'll be adding to roll out to make it even easier. But yeah, the zip code search again, like people think of using Google to find this information, but the truth is, you know, Google has its own algorithms. It's already filtering that information before it gets to you. So Halloween New England is not filtering that information before it gets to you. It really is showing you, you know, if you punch in your zip code, it's really showing you all the events in the area related to Halloween that, you know, you know, order of closest to to furthest away, that's going to be a benefit to you. And you can sift through that and find you know, what events you want to see, what makes sense to you. And, you know, there's people who just, you know, the super fans sometimes are, you know, like me, you know, I look at, I look at a haunt guide and I think I'm going to do all of these haunted attractions, or I'm going to hit up every one of these ghost tours in this state this, you know, this year, I'm going to make sure I hit them all. And that helps, you know, if I'm just looking at Connecticut, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing all these things in Connecticut. And it's easy to find that. But the truth is there's lots of people who are, just looking for something in their area coming up soon. Or, you know, I think of, you know, a lot of friends of mine who, you know, who are moms, they have, you know, teenagers who aren't, you know, able to drive yet. And, you know, their their kids are at the age where they want to go to some of these events and the parents don't necessarily want to go with them. They want to drop them off for a few hours. Right. And, you know, one of the benefits I think of Halloween New England is, you know, that mom can you know, either punch in their zip code or they can say, I'm, you know, we live in Connecticut. I don't care where I have to drive them as long as that attraction is big enough that I can drop them off for a few hours. Because the truth is not every event is, you know, a multi-hour affair. 
But if you go to my website, you'd be able to see, oh, this haunted attraction has, you know, they have multiple attractions. They also have, you know, rides available and you get a sense of the scale of an event. So, you know, if it's a bit more of an efficient experience or if it's something that you're going to spend, you know, in the case of Barrett's, as we spoke, spoke about before, you'll see, oh, I can, you know, have dinner there and take, take part in the, the bite and fright. And that, you know, that's a place now my kid, you know, my teenager is able to have dinner. They're able to go through the haunt. I'll pick them up in a couple hours. And it looks like a safe environment for, for me to be able to do so. Awesome. So I, I think, you know, you, you have quite the following on Instagram. Uh, I think it's safe to say that people gravitate towards your content, especially coming up on this time of the year. Mm. So why do you think people enjoy going to these events and scaring themselves so much? inflicting oh. that much pain on themselves. <laughs> well, not everybody does. <laughs> let's let's at least True. say that. Let's you know, like shout out to the people who don't like to be scared. <laughs> like we see you, we hear you. <laughs> um yep. but for the people who like to be scared and I count myself like right at the top of the list. Um you know, the, look, this area is primed for it, right? You have the changing of the seasons. Things get you know, foggy, they get crisp at night. You know, there's nothing, I just think of like all those times I've been up to New Hampshire where just the fog is rolling in and you're thinking, is that the haunted attraction or is that natural? And you realize, like, oh, it's natural. <laughs> like it's natural fog, you know, and, a, and like a, on a cool October night and you know, the temperature drops and, you know, the haunts or, you know, other attractions, they bring out the bonfire and the cider donuts. And there's just so much atmosphere around it. And as far as being scared, I mean, I grew up on horror movies, you know, in the 80s. And so I really... Same. Yeah. I mean, it's funny thing is I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> was too young to be watching. <laughs> like, again, I'm completely dating myself, but, you know, my parents would drop me off at the gross at the um, video store and just let me pick whatever I wanted to watch for the weekend. And so I yep. would gravitate to the horror movie section. And so I would watch, that was just my favorite thing to watch. And, you know, we certainly, again, like way too young to be watching a lot of these, but that was, I just loved the intensity of it. I love the theatricality of horror movies. And so for me, that seed was planted really at a young age. I mean, no one was watching those movies with me, you know? Uh, it was just yep. like me and Freddy Krueger, <laughs> you know, in the room <laughs> alone. And yeah. I would watch them over and over. And I, and I, so I always loved that, that sense. And, you know, I, I certainly would love to read horror. I, I remember, you know, reading my first Stephen King, you know, book and just loving that sense of it. And even, you know, and now that I'm thinking of it, there were even, I was even younger when I found some like super creepy, like uh, young adult, you know, chapter books that, that, that had kind of a horror twist to them. And, you know, and then when I, you know, my background really is in the technical side of theater. So, you know, when I kind of grew out of horror movies and became a teenager myself, I was really immersed in, you know, lighting design and scenic design, this like the theatrical side of, of, I'm sorry, the technical side of theater. And so that was what, for me, like really I gravitate towards that interactive, you know, sense of things, the performance aspect, the kind of larger than life, you know, part of, um, of course, of theater. But but I, I think that is for me a big part of why I gravitate towards haunts as well, as I just love, to me, 
I don't, I don't know that a lot of professional like theater professionals would agree with me, although I'm a, you know, I'm a retired theater professional. So I, I certainly feel this way, which is haunted houses are just a different genre of, you know, professional theater. And I look at the yep. experience as, um, you know, just taking everything to the next level. And it's, you know, deeply, deeply challenging what actors have to do to be able to engage customers, to make them feel different things. You don't know when the group of customers is coming through, you know, what exactly it is that's going to scare them. So you have to be, you know, really um, versatile in terms of how you try to scare or interact with people. It's just a, a very difficult job. And, you know, for me, when I, when I look at, um, you know, haunted houses, it's just, again, an extension of theater. And I, I think a lot of people do feel that way. I do actually come across quite a few people who love haunted attractions, who also have, you know, some love of theater as well. So I do think people yeah. who just do gravitate towards things that might be larger than life in that sense, or, you know, just love that, that emotion, you know, that comes, you know, again, I, I, you know, I'm happiest sitting you know, in a theater watching a play as I am, you know, at a haunted house. I just love feeling that deep emotion, that deep connection to the environment or the world that's being created around me. So I'm, I don't think I'm alone in, in kind of loving just, even if it's not being scared, just being startled, just having that unexpected moment, that emotional experience is, you know, people, people love all different kinds of things. And I, I just think feeling that heightened emotion is, is a real appeal. For sure. And I think honestly, you know, people like to feel like, feel scared in a safe mm. environment, right? You you yes. walk through these haunted attractions and you know that someone really isn't going to cut you in half with a chainsaw. It's fake. Yeah. Yes. But you still have that thrill of being scared without actually being in danger. Kind of like going on a roller coaster, which I know, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the thrill for me, you know? So yeah, and I, I, mean, I do. I like that too. Roller coasters. So yeah, I'm sure there's a... <laughs> Correlation. Me too. And it sounds like we had very similar upbringings with uh, exposure to horror movies at way too young of an age. Thanks, yeah. Dad. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I and I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I just think that being a New Englander, you are kind of hardwired to gravitate towards Halloween because of mm. the the way the region is. I feel like fall is just such a huge deal here. It's my favorite season. Always mm. has been. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I just there's just something about living here. That just kind of you know makes you love Halloween, or at least in in my opinion. So yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger every year, and I, you know, I don't remember seeing nearly as many you know yards decorated, you know, for and I don't even yeah. mean like yard haunts. I mean like just yard decorated homes, decorated. You know, I mean again, thanks to all those companies who are creating, you know, those different ways of make, you know, making it easy to decorate your home, you know, at Christmas yep. time. Um, but even my neighborhood is just like all of a sudden it's just exploded with like cobwebs, <laughs> spiders. And it's awesome. Know, I, I it makes me so happy every yeah. time I see it. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've lived here for a while and I've, until this year, I've never like driven down the street and seen as many you know, as many decorations as, as I do now. And I come across more adults than ever who just readily admit, oh, Halloween is my favorite season. And I just don't remember hearing that before. I just, I don't know. I think a lot of people thought of Halloween as a, as a kid's season and people just don't, don't in any way 
um, feel that way anymore. People really genuinely embrace Halloween as potentially, you know, their favorite holiday yeah. and, a, and something yeah. that, um, you know, just maybe, maybe awakens the kid in them or, you know, makes them just feel, I don't know, feel excited and thrilled or, you know, again, like we're talking about things that are, I think more scare related, but there's so many ways that people do experience it. And, you know, one of the things I've really had a pleasure doing more and more of in recent years through Halloween New England is going to the many incredible ghost tours that are around the area. And it that also, it seems like there are mo more ghost tour companies that are popping up every year, or you have like a, a, a regular historical tour company that's adding, you know, yep. Halloween programming. And, and you get some of these companies that are they're so creative. Like, I just can't help, you know, I just, I can't, I can't help but say, like, there's a few of them that I've been to that, you know, are just, they've programming all month long and not just like their normal ghost tours, but all these extra events. So one of the things that's coming up in this next week is there's a, a couple of companies that are offering spooky stories. One's a spooky story dinner. Another company in Concord is doing a, you know, spooky story by fireside, you know, and you know, those are the kinds of things that appeal to, again, a wide range of ages and people who don't want to be scared or startled or scream or have anything pop out at them, but love you know, again, that feeling, that emotional feeling of a little bit of unease, you know, that's like yep. just thinking of yep. like ghost stories at camp, you know, around the, around the campfire. Like it's just, we all have a little place in us who, you know, that likes that, you know, that kind of mysterious experience. And I, you know, is it true? Could it really have happened? And then of course you get people who've had those experiences in their own home or their place of work or, or heard from someone who had that. And it just adds to that level of like, do you believe, did this happen to you? And, and I love, um, you know, just seeing again, the wide variety of experiences, uh, the, the ways that people can experience it. And, you know, ghost tours are an incredible way for people to, to enjoy that without being, you know, afraid, <laughs> you know, or, or afraid of having things pop out of them. And a lot of ghost tours are really right. suitable for all ages. You just got to check, you know, because sometimes the content is a little grisly. It just depends. Sure. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've seen this year, which is super cool, is, a, is cemetery tours for kids, which is brilliant, you know, because kids totally love, yeah. you know, this wow. kind of stuff too. And, and, you know, maybe they would enjoy a, a, a conventional ghost tour, you know, that's for all, you know, adults primarily, but suitable for kids. But why not, you know, help kids understand, you know, how to be respectful in a graveyard, how to understand, you know, the, the markings on the stones and, you know, what can they learn and, and really taking a historical approach to it and, and teaching kids how to be, you know, curious about history and about these environments and, and learn how to to, to be that way in a respectful way as well. And so I just love seeing that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, that's new this year. I have never seen anything like that until this year. So, um, you know, shout out to the Concord Tour Company <laughs> for, for doing that kind of program. Yeah, that's a first for me too, but very creative, yeah. very cool. I mean, I, I love the ways yeah. that, you know, that people think of trying to incorporate Halloween into everything. It's just so cool. So I also wanted mm -hmm. to ask you, I, I know that you, your website is obviously called Halloween New England, but 
Uh, I'm assuming that you've probably had the chance to visit uh, haunted attractions around the country as well. Have you, uh, have you had a chance to do that? And if so, uh, anything yes. that stood out to you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what <laughs> I will say is, you know, I have visited a bunch around the country, probably over a dozen. You know, nice. I am in New England during Halloween. So, you know, there's more than enough that I am really immersed in here. It's very challenging for me to get away. Um, so, you know, if I can find a haunted attraction somewhere else where I can zip there really quickly, um, you know, like an overnight flight or something like that, uh, you know, typically they would have to be open, you know, pretty early in September or pretty late in November for me to, to fit it in. Um, I have done, oh my gosh, I've been to really every pocket, almost every pocket of the country. So I've been, I've seen ones in Seattle. I've been down to Netherworld in Atlanta. Um, oh, I'd love to go to Netherworld. That yeah. one is well. That's on my an easy list. trip from New England <laughs> because you can. You can, it's yeah. actually really cheap to get down there, and you can. There's a million flights, and there's a hotel nearby. Like it's super easy to do that trip. I, I don't think I was even there 24 hours, <laughs> and I was already back wow. in Massachusetts. So, yeah, Netherworld's an easy trip, an easy. I mean, it does involve a flight, but it is an easy way to get there um, sure. from New England. Let's see, road trip wise, like I did a road trip last year to um, Field of Screams in Pennsylvania, which was pretty great. I've done a bunch in the Chicago. That's another area. one I want to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Field yeah. That's, yeah. I've done, um, I've been down to Louisiana. I've seen a few down there. Um, although Louisiana I has some I, good I ones. Yes. I, unfortunately I had to go there. I was there on vacation in New Orleans and uh, so those, I it was more like I had a tour of them outside of the season. So I have not, for example, seen 13th Gate <laughs> in its glory when it's in full, full, um, full, uh, you know, with customers and, and actors, which I, yep. I do think I would like to do, although I know there's a snake pit there <laughs> and I am not fond of snakes. So, um, I, I do think that would really test, <laughs> test what I can handle. I did go through Statesville Haunted House um, outside of Chicago, and they do have live animals there, and that freaked me out. Um, but that was that. a pretty impressive haunt. <laughs> um, I've been Sounds up like to, it. Yeah, I've seen Terror on the Fox in Wisconsin. That's gorgeous and detailed. I've been out to Denver. I've been to... Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. A little bit everywhere. 13th floor, Chicago. I've been to Eastern state penitentiary. Um, wow. Yeah. Let's see. That's I'd say, yeah, that's probably like the good rounds of where I, where I've been, um, around the country. You're, I, you're I well, that, you're well-traveled haunt wise. That is, that's excellent. Yeah. I, well, I on, hope on to one day is, have gone to as many. Well, you will, right? You've got time and it does do. take some planning. <laughs> it does take a little planning. Um, and, you know, honestly, one of the ways that I love Halloween just in this area in New England is I try to hit up, if I can, try to hit up more than one event in a night if it's possible. So partly because, you know, I the season is short. I try to see as much as I can, as much variety as I can during the season. Um so for me, if I'm able to visit two attractions in an evening, I absolutely will do that. So um, there's certain pockets that you can do that in. I'm, you know, 
it's a little more challenging out of state because I don't know enough about those haunts. But I do think hopefully in the coming year or two, I want to make it out to Nashville because there's two haunts out there. I would love to be able to see two. Nashville Nightmare um, would be great. So and I think I can do those in a night. Um, and then around here, you can totally do like last weekend I did Factory of Terror and Fear Town in the same night. Um, I've definitely done Fear Town and 13th World in the same night before. Um, in Connecticut, there's quite a few haunts and more seem to be added every year. So sometimes yep. you can fit in two in a night in Connecticut. You can certainly, um, sometimes you can fit in a ghost tour and then go to a haunt after that. Um, I've done the Seaside Shadows tour and then gone to Dark Manor you know, later that evening because they're open quite late. So it works really nicely to be able to fit in too. Um, so if, but that really involves doing things often earlier in the season when the lines are not quite as crazy as they are in the middle of October, but I would encourage sure. people to, I mean, and that again, that's for me, I use my own website to be able to figure out, you know, what's close enough to be able to manage that. And, you know, thankfully, you know, the way that we built it with the mapping system, it allows people to see like what is in close proximity. Um, to, to be able to manage. And I, I really would encourage people to, if they love Halloween, to start as early as possible, um, which really, you know, the Halloween season for Halloween New England starts the day after Labor Day, and it goes until the middle of November. So, you know, if, if it starts that soon, it means there really are events in the middle of September, you know, that are worth going to, worth seeing. And, and it might be, you know, it could be it might not be an attraction, right? It could be um, an oddities marketplace or a ghost tour. There's a lot of ghost tours that are open all of September and sometimes often year round. So, you know, those are things that you can enjoy, you know, at all times of the year, um, even before some of the more seasonal attractions, you know, start to open up in the middle of September. Yeah, which I love. I, I, you know, it's funny because it's always kind of uh, annoyed me that, you know, the day after Thanksgiving Christmas decorations, or excuse me, the day after Halloween Christmas yeah. decorations go up everywhere. We're like walking through the South Shore Plaza on <laughs> November 1st one year and there was just Christmas stuff everywhere. And that always drove me crazy. But in that same sense, I love, I love, I love seeing Halloween stuff uh, cropping up in, yeah. you know, mid mid to late September. Nothing makes me happier. So yeah. I'm a hypocrite in that sense, I have to say. But No, I, I um, definitely have been seeing it, you know, popping up in early September too. And I, I, this year, and I can't remember quite how early it was, but I saw that too this year and I thought, whoa, I've definitely never seen it quite so early at this yep. time. Like good on them. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So um, back to your website, I know you kind of mentioned that, you know, this year you kind of revamped some things and did some new things. Um, so is there anything that you'd like to do on your website in the future that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet? <sighs> yes, but um, I don't know if I want to reveal it yet. <laughs> That's fine. You can keep it under wraps. I, yeah, I totally respect that. there were some that. things we were hoping to implement in time for this year. And, you know, rather than implement them with the season underway, you know, and work out squashing any bugs in the process, we'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have a phase two with more features coming out next year. So I don't know if I want to reveal them yet because, you know what, what I've learned is when we're, you know, after all these years of Halloween New England, when I have the chance to rebuild the site from the ground up, like it it really makes me think of 
how like what the potential of the site could be in terms of its value to people, the way people could use it, the way people want to use it, the way people didn't even know they needed to use it. And so I, you know, we're continuing to kind of tweak it. And, you know, I know that it'll be even, you know, more, I don't know if powerful is the word, but just more versatile next year in terms of how the information is displayed and people can find things. Um, so yeah, sorry to be a little coy. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's totally okay. Totally. Yeah. All right. Um, so tuned, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Exactly. So they, they call that a professional tease, Alexander. Yes, so very exactly. good. Very good. <laughs> um, so I know we talked about this briefly, but you kind of shared some information with me about you being a, uh, what was it a live prop in a haunted mm. house one time? So I feel like I have to ask you about that. Can you tell that story? So we'll live, but not live. So I, um, <laughs> so I have a, a, a friend who has a, a horror prop special effects company out. It was originally in Seattle and they've moved out of state. So uh, their name is Ghost Ride Productions. And some people might be very familiar with their work. In fact, I, if you're a haunt fan, I am sure you have seen their work because it is, you know, their props are all over yep. the haunts in New England um, and certainly around the country and even internationally as well, or even on TV and film. Um, and so one year, you know, I, personally, I have, as I mentioned, you know, my background is in theater, but never on, you know, on the stage, I've never had any desire to, to dress up, be in costume, you know, perform any of that. Sure. Um, but I, you know, love the creative side of things. And so, um, you know, I never wanted to act in a haunt or, or have that experience. And yet, you know, my friend, uh, Michael Chaley, he, he, you know, invited me to become, be, to become life casted, which essentially means that you, you know, have you know, all these layers of silicone and cast, you know, casting materials put on you and you, you know, have your whole body from head to toe um, casted and then turned and then you kind of get kind of literally cracked open like, like a cocoon. And that wow. becomes a mold that they're able to turn into developing uh, props in the shape of your shape and body in the position that you were in when you were casted. So, um, it was, I was so intrigued. I had heard that there was someone else who had done this, um, kind of the year before. And I thought, wow, that sounds so cool that she was able to do that. And, you know, that prop and that person is known as the Mindy prop. So I'm sure again, like there's the Mindy prop is all over, uh, haunts in new England. It's the prop kind of laying on their side. Um, it's a woman kind of laying on their side, curled in a ball. And sometimes, you know, she's even in like a giant pumpkin, almost like coming out of the pumpkin. In fact, at Barrett's, um, you can see the Mindy prop at the, um, if I, I don't know if the Mindy prop is in the pumpkin at the at the Abington Ale House. But anyway, there. I know exactly what you're talking it. about, actually. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they do, you know, Ghost Ride is known for their, like, exceptional detailing on their on their work it's just really really high end beautiful props and so um so when i heard that the mindy prop was created i thought well that sounds fantastic like that is right up my alley and so when michael invited me to come out to get um life casted it was you know a full day process and um the first thing that they did is they they just worked on casting my head so i went into this 
you know, he had a position, he thought, you know, this is a position that a prop that none of the props that we have is in. So this would be like a new position that we could kind of sell and adapt into different styles. So it was, you know, in this particular prop, I'm kind of seated with my knees bent up near my chest and I'm hugging my knees and my head is like rested on its side, like the side of my cheek is on my knees. And so the first part is they cast my head and this is the shorter process. So the whole head casting, I think was about 45 minutes. And one of the unique things about it is when they cover you with the silicone, they cover every inch of you. <laughs> I mean, every inch of your head. So the first step was they put me in a bald cap, which I'd certainly never had that experience before. <laughs> so they covered my head and um, I'm trying to think, I don't think my ears were covered. I can't recall. Um, with a, I don't think the bald cap covered my ears. I think it went around my ears. Maybe they had... I don't remember, but they covered my whole head with silicone, including my eyes. So my eyes are closed and my lips are closed and everything's covered. And then the only thing, and they put, I think they put like straws in my nose or like gauze to make sure that my nasal cavity was like my, my nostrils were totally open because that would become the only way that I could breathe for the duration of this experience. So when they cover you and then they cover the silicone with like the, you know, plaster cast, like just like you would if you had like a broken arm. Um, and then yep. you're in that experience. And the only way you can communicate because you can't speak, you can't blink your eyes, you can only breathe through your nose is to, you know, use your hand. So they would be, so there was one, so it took probably, I don't know, six or so team members of his to just handle this whole event. And part of it is it's very time sensitive, how fast the the um, material set on you. And then there was one team member whose only responsibility was just to monitor that my nasal passages would stay open the whole time, because of course, that is the only way that I can breathe. And so their sole responsibility while everybody else's hands were working to you know, move everything around and cover me completely to get a good cast was he just made sure that, you know, I could breathe at every step and nothing was ever, you know, um, blocking blocking that ability. And so for me, it was this amazing experience. I loved being in that moment where, you know, your ears are covered, your eyes are covered, you just have your nose to breathe in. You have no, you know, I can communicate by, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, but everything suddenly, you know, I even the way that I could hear sounds were totally muffled, right? Because your ears are covered. So it just was this incredible like sensory deprivation. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, it sounds like being in like a sensory te deprivation tank almost. Which that type turns of thing. out I apparently like. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> turns out I really dig it. So, um, you know, wow. they would ask me very frequently, you know, how are you doing, Alexandra? And I would give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. They would just constantly be, you know, checking in with me to make sure that I was going through it. And of course, I always knew that there was, if I ever felt like I just can't, you know, do this anymore, I would give a certain signal and they would just take me out right away. Um, you know, right. but obviously the stakes are pretty high because you've got the whole day is planned for it. The materials are extremely expensive, you know, and you really want to rise to the occasion to give them, you know, the best mold possible. So you want to endure it. And so after about 45 minutes, they, you know, removed my head, the, the cast on my head. And that was um, honestly a little sad because I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, 
but I mean, if I didn't feel comfortable breathing through my nose for 45 minutes, I think it could, you know, potentially for someone be a really terrifying experience. Um, and then they cast sure. my body. Yeah. So I had my head, you know, totally free of any materials while they cast my body. And I was in that position, I have to say, like probably two hours in that one position. And, you know, that is really challenging. Um, I, you know, partly because, you know, it's just uncomfortable to not be able to shift your body around. You know, your body weight is just pressing in the same positions, you know, for the duration of the time. You can't take any little shifts or whatever because it will affect the mold. Um and then, you know, you then they put like the plaster on it and you get very warm. And so, you know, the more heated you get, the more you're just like, okay. And then sure enough, you know, they've seen this all before, right? So they've got ice packs that they like strap to my head to kind of keep me cool and, you know, constantly checking in. And, you know, there's a point where it becomes, you know, so uncomfortable to be in that position that you really are, it becomes like a, a real mental endurance test of keeping yourself calm, of being able to last as long as you can. You know, I was just really focusing on my breathing and, you know, trying to stay as calm as possible because it just becomes after a point, you know, really after that, like our point, you know, is crossed, you just, it's, it's, you know, kind of painful, you know, to be in that position. But sure. the good news is uh, the prop came out. It's called the Alexa prop. You can find it on Ghost Ride Productions. Um, and it is so cool <laughs> to be able to see it. It is my favorite contribution to the Halloween industry right there. Um, I cannot tell you like what an honor it is to have to, to like have a Halloween prop of me. And I'm so grateful to Ghost Ride for giving me that experience. There is no greater thrill than walking into a haunted house and seeing yourself there. <laughs> like, that is incredible. It, yeah. It's crazy. And you know, the wild thing is like they, they, and so there's all these different variations, right? So there's like, you know, the frozen frostbitten version, there's the asylum version, there's the, you know, burned victim version, there's, you know, uh, one that just looks realistic. And the cool thing about it, it's like, so the very first time I came across it was at Barrett's actually. And they had like the staircase and I can't, I think I was going up the staircase and right in like the landing, I want to say there's like a corner that you turn on the staircase. And as I was going up the the staircase at the top of the landing was me <laughs> like on the floor you know right there and of course like the beauty of the ghost ride quality is that you cannot tell that their work is not a human being you just cannot tell whether it's real you know real actor or fake and so you have this moment where you know i'm the only one who knows hey that's me right but but you know, if I were if I were just a customer who didn't know that, like walking up the stairs, you think, oh, this actor's like just sitting in the middle of the stairwell. <laughs> like, are they okay? Um, and I have since seen my prop at um, Haunted Overload. I've seen it at uh, Legends of Fear. I'm trying in Connecticut. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else in New England. I've definitely seen it at other places around the country, but and Barrett's, of course. But yeah, that that was a really unique experience. 
I was going to say, yeah, I, I have to give you some serious credit. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Uh, you know, that that whole thing that you were talking about, like yeah. <laughs> being cast, it sounds, you know, I have a little bit of claustrophobia, so I feel yeah. like that would be a little tough for me. So I got to give you some serious credit, but that is incredible to be able to see yourself at these haunts that you're walking through. It's got to be so, so cool. It, yes, it is. It yeah. is honestly like, a, sure. it is truly a huge honor. <laughs> I, I am so, I'm so, it was worth like, and I knew it even at the time, like it was worth just enduring, you know, the discomfort, like the discomfort sure. was going to be temporary. Of course it was. Right. But, um, you know, I'm, I just love seeing it and, you know, it's exciting because, you know, he, he Ghost Ride usually has like one new big prop that they roll out every year and then they show all the different, you know, variations yep. of that prop. And so, you know, I remember I, I wasn't able to go the year that they revealed it at trans world, but it just was exciting to know like, Oh, this is, this is like the big debut <laughs> of the electric <laughs> to all, everyone in the industry of, you know, out in St. Louis. So <laughs> it's show, showtime. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're kind of getting up against it time wise here, but I did have one final question sure. for you. All right. So let's say that uh, I am a traveler and I'm going to be visiting new England for a mm. long weekend you know, in your expert opinion, because it is safe to say that you are an expert on all things Halloween, New England related. What are some essential attractions that I should hit if I'm doing that? Oh, that is so hard because it, of course, really depends on what you love. Um, well, if you're trying to fit in more than one in an evening, then I really, you know, the, to me, like the really easy easy one to accomplish is to do like 13th world in Rhode Island followed by fear town in Massachusetts because they're not super far from each other. And they're both just, just a thrilling time. <laughs> like they're, the actors are always amazing there. And so you just, your, your voice will be sore at the end of the night. If you make it through, <laughs> um, you know, if you're, if you're doing like, if you, if you have, the evening to just dedicate to something that is like so unique um, that you just won't find anywhere. Um, then Haunted Overload is really, there's just nothing like it. It is so atmospheric. It is so um, immersive. It has so much imagination and it's hard really to express how fortunate we are to have such a unique attraction in New England. Um, I, you know, even next week, I'm someone's coming from around the country to go to Haunted Overload with me. <laughs> so, you know, I know people who come from around the country every year, you know, to go to this little pocket of New Hampshire. And it it is so, it's just very, very, um, very unique. And honestly, like if you were to come, if that particular weekend that you are coming to this area, if you if you look at overload schedule and you see oh they're doing fright light as opposed to the full experience and like you shouldn't let that deter you because even going through without actors on one of their fright light nights is you know really uh, super special and you know again if you're already up in New Hampshire then you have the option to go to their daytime haunt which is a totally different experience there are no actors you know none of that kind of you know scares in it but you get to see the artistry in the daylight and that is you know just a beautiful way to spend a you know an hour or so in in New England in the fall with the leaves and like it's so stunning um 
you know, if you're going to Connecticut, I mean, you could spend like a whole night at Legends of Fear because they've got, you know, the Haunted Hayride and the, um, you know, and their trail as well. And that's like a full evening of things going on. Um, if you were to do like, a, a, you know, two nights, I'm sorry, two events and a night in Connecticut, you might hit up like do a ghost tour with Seaside Shadows is, you know, really easy to do. And then you, you, you know, swing through Dark Manor later because they're usually open till about 11. Um, and you can do both of those in an evening, which is, you know, it's, it's doable. It's a challenge, but it's totally doable because I've done it. <laughs> um, you know, there's so many, you know, if you're in the middle of Massachusetts, you could go to Demented Effects. You could even do, I think I've done Demented Effects and McRae's Haunted Hayride in the same evening, which are completely different experiences. So one is like much more of like a generational, you know, family friendly kind of haunt. And one is, you know, much more intense, like hard driving, adrenaline fueled. Like that's a really diverse <laughs> evening if you were to fit both of those in. Um, you know, Barrett's is, you know, an evening as well. But, you know, again, you kind of, if you're traveling from out of town, you've solved your, your food problem because you've got the ale house right next door. Um, so there is, you know, there's so much to see. And then, you know, I would encourage people to really look into things during the day. My site will have all of those daytime activities. So there might be a pumpkin festival you can hit up, you know, flashlight core mazes are always really a blast too. Um, there's just, you know, really a lot to see. And I would encourage whoever comes to New England to, you know, start on a Thursday and, you know, leave on a Monday. <laughs> so you can get, you know, a, you know, a Thursday night haunt, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday and really make the most of it because you can drive everywhere. I mean, that is, you know, there's nothing that's not within four hours, really, for the most part. And I mean, and four hours is like the extreme end of it. And there's so much within like, you know, assuming you fly into Logan and you're based in Massachusetts, you know, there's so much within like two, two hour experience of driving. Um, there's just, you know, a great deal to see. And I hope that they would take full advantage every minute of it. I think that was just a perfect summary of how lucky we are as New Englanders to, you know, to live here in the Halloween season, because like you said, there is just so, so much to do. And I, there's a lot of haunts that I've hit up in the New England area and a lot that I still want to get to. And this just makes me that much more excited yeah. to do them all. Hey, so can I jump in with one more thing? Um, yeah, of course. That would help with that planning that, you know, again, whether you're coming from out of town or you're just, you are local and you want to know what's happening. One of the unique features that I have been offering for a few years that people really value are um i have these guides for the sunday like which haunts are open on sunday nights which haunts are open on weeknights so those guides are incredibly useful if you for example are coming in from out of town and you're like well not not every haunt is open on a thursday night but this halloween new england weeknight guide will tell me exactly you know which thursday nights which haunts are going to be open and like i put that stuff out early in the season so that stuff's up in september so let's say you're planning a trip, you know, in September to come out in October, you'll know, you know, who you can fit in on a Thursday night, you know, who's going to be open, where that is. Same thing for Sunday nights. You know, if, you, if you're a haunt fan and you want to make the most of every season, you really have to go to things outside of Friday and Saturday nights to get every inch of the season, you know, that you can. So, you know, I encourage like the super fans out there who are listening, you know, go check out the, the Sunday night haunt guide, check out the weeknight haunt guide. 
you know, there are definitely there are tons of haunts that are open on Sunday nights, but not everyone, right? So you can kind of drill down on which ones are open. And early in the season, you know, there are a couple. And then, of course, as October progresses, you have more and more and more. But, um, you know, if you love haunts, like you should definitely go on a weeknight where there's often a more personal experience and fewer lines. And then on Sundays, same thing, you know, the lines can be less and, you know, you might just get a, you know, really unique experience, but you'll get more out of your, you know, your season if you are starting early and kind of maximizing when people are open. Awesome stuff. And, you know, I would just say if you are looking to plan something uh, for the Halloween season in the next couple of weeks, take advantage while you can. It's mid-October, mm. folks. It is going very, very quickly, which makes me sad to say. Yeah, I know. But the website is called Halloween New England, HalloweenNewEngland.com. Uh, Alexandra, where can people find you guys on social media in addition to the website? Yeah, so we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um you know, that's the best way to find out about everything. You know, we'll post special events and things that are coming up. So if you want to stay on top of, you know, what our top picks for the week are, um, to kind of, you know, drill down on what makes sense, you know, to really, you know, make an effort to get to, um, you know, you can find links to all of that, not just from the website, you know, but also on um, Facebook and, and, uh, and fa uh, Facebook and Instagram. And we have tons of contests you know, they're starting to wrap up right now, but that's an incredible way to be able to see new experiences that you might not ordinarily get to. So, you know, if you're if you're listening and it's still October, you know, you know, enter some contests <laughs> on our homepage. It's a great way to like check out something you might not, you know, normally be on your radar. Definitely. For sure. And there's always contests going on. So I would encourage you to check out their Instagram page for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I want to say thank you, Alexandra, for your time. This has been an awesome conversation. And uh, again, you just kind of, not that I have never, not that I haven't been excited for haunted attractions, but yeah. I, I always am, but now I'm just even more. So we're going to fear town uh, next Friday. So oh, awesome. I'm That's what I was going to ask you. Where are you headed this season? Where yeah. have you been and where yeah. are you headed? So we did Barrett's already, and then we are doing Fear Town next week, and okay. then uh, we're going to try and get to at least one more. I don't know if we're going to be able to just because uh, we have two weddings the remainder of this month, so it's going to be a little bit tight to, to fit everything else in, but I'll be sure to let you know. And I'll, I'll report back to you on Fear Town, by the way. I know that yeah, that was yeah. uh, so you highly just, recommended by you. Yeah, you should probably just ditch the weddings and go to haunts. <laughs> I feel like Believe you're me. not taking full advantage <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, well, one of them, one of them, I'm a groomsman in, so I'm, I kind of oh, have no. to. And then, yeah, th two of my very good friends, so I, uh, I have to, <laughs> I, I have to put my can. haunt plans on hold, unfortunately. All right. Well, you know, weddings are usually not on Thursday, so you can go. Visit yeah, on that's a Thursday night. I like the way you think. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So, All right. You know, and there's so many great events going on the next couple of weeks, right before Halloween ends. Like a lot, a lot, even a lot of week, week night stuff. So, you know, Mike, you gotta really. Take it up a notch. <laughs> We're running I out do. of time. <laughs> I gotta, gotta put the pedal to the metal. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, yeah. Al Alexander, thanks so much again for your time. Uh, and I look forward to the rest of your content throughout the Halloween season. And again, the website is called Halloween New England. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you go and do that now. Thank you so much, Mike. It was really a pleasure. Oh, of course. All right. Have a good Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show because of course we would be nothing without you listeners. 
If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's hometown horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.